Let's let it work. <laughs> okay, welcome to Health Talk Radio. And it's me again on my own um, with a guest. Mike is still moving across town. Um, but I am here today with a great mate of mine who we were just talking before we started. You might have caught some of it. Um, the first time I interviewed this man was five years ago, literally almost to the month. And um, and it's been a hell of a ride since then. It's been a really interesting thing to watch him grow and change and do stuff. And now he's, you know, got a, got a very, very well-established, probably one of the best established uh, nutrition brands and facilities on the internet, in my opinion. Um, it's very unique and it's something that I wholeheartedly um, promote whenever I can. And uh, and and he's just a, an all-round good guy. I've got to be honest with you. Um, I've interviewed him many times. He's interviewed me a few times. So this is this is old stuff for us. However, um, it's it's always interesting to speak to anyone when you're talking about food and diet that has analysed half a million days worth of food diaries from my fitness pal because you learn a couple of things out of that. And um, and and he's going to tell us all about it. So, uh, Marty Kendall, welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, great to chat, real honor. And yeah, five years has flown, hasn't it? I was a, like nervous little thing, like going oh, a bit nervous about going on podcast, Paul. I'll, I'll wait a little while, but you know, here we are, five well, years later, and we've done a few since then. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I probably asked you two years before that to come up <laughs> and i remember doing it. i remember get... being in my <laughs> office did. and thinking i've got to get this got this guy on when you when you started this whole optimizing nutrition thing and i remember messaging you i think it was on facebook at the time and it was like oh mate you've got to come on the show and you're like mm, not so sure about that i'm not really Wait, up for that kind nobody's of turned me down before who yeah. is this kid <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> and it was like i'm not having that and and literally persisted for two years, and eventually it was like, oh, okay, come on then, just to get you off my back. But uh, mate, listen, tell us, um, tell us a little bit about your story, about Monica, and yeah. why you got into it all. Because it was an interesting. You, you didn't come out of school and decide, right, I'm going to be this world class uh, nutritional um, resource that people are going to really learn some new stuff on. Yeah, I absolutely fell into it accidentally. Wife Monica's type one diabetic. 20 years ago, we started learning like she knew very little about diabetes and how to manage it from having it for uh, 15 years or so. And um, yeah, we both decided to have kids and went, wow, you need to get the blood sugars dialed in and started there. And that the fear of having complications during pregnancy is quite a motivator. And then I suppose over the last 10 years, I've started just quantifying everything I could to understand nutrition because I'm an engineer by by trade by day and I like numbers and I believe graphs and um yeah I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist church which is sort of the hub of belief-based nutrition and uh realized that so many people have massive dogmatic beliefs about nutrition and why they eat and everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got a a belief system about about nutrition and so so many of them that sort of work are directly opposite to each other so it's like what, what what's the essence of this and why does it work and i just kept on diving down further and further into the data and as you said i've got half a million days of my fitness pal and we've had um 
now for the last four years, people have been using nutrient optimizers. So we've got macro and micronutrient data. So that's opened a whole new rabbit hole to understand not just macros, but micros and how they affect tidy and cravings. And it's just really, really powerful. I'm just completely sold out to it. And I think it's got a massive potential to help people. And not so long ago, you decided full time is the way to go because you were still an engineer for a long time, right? Yeah. And building I think amazing you convinced me to, yeah, Sorry? I think you were the one that convinced me to. <laughs> I've got to quit that day job and do this. Properly. Quit that day job and do something more important. Stop building roads. Forget <laughs> um, the roads and bridges. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, we don't need them. We need we need people to get their health back. Um, but but the thing the thing is your your transition through all of these different stages of you know where does the important points lie? Right? Is it in mm. nutrient density? Well, how do we get as many vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients into our diet as possible mm. in the smallest amount of foods, or at least let's let's cover all our bases, yeah. right? And so getting that was a, like a first thing, and then it's like okay, well, what about this blood sugar gig? Mm. How does that get balanced, and why are people? following the nutrition the the nutrient density but still having weight challenges maybe and you know yeah. what are the nuances about it all and then it's you know and i know that you've done quite a few courses online now yeah. where i want to say hundreds maybe even thousands of people at a time yeah. are doing yeah. the courses together and yeah. finding out massive revelations about their own body and and what matters yeah. to them and i think a lot of people are kind of always asking the question what's the best diet for me the, the initial question is, what's the best diet? That ain't ever going to work, right? Because there isn't. Yeah. But what's the best diet for me tends to be the the, the, the question people are searching for. So yeah. in, in all this experience that you've had and the data and everything else, what are some of the key points that you've pulled out of that that people have started actually benefiting from instead of just saying, like, you need to be carnivore or you need to be you know, vegan or whatever else it is? Yeah, it's amazing the diametrically opposing carnivore and vegan or whole food plant-based. They both sort of work to some degree, but um, they're completely opposite. And like, how can they both be right? How can they both work was sort of the question. And as an engineer with the data and statistics, you can then understand what are the most significant factors that everybody's arguing online all day about. And, um, yeah, when it came down to it, the question was – when it comes to satiety or how much we eat each day, what are the factors that affect that the most in our food and how can we dial it in to optimise it to be full, to be satisfied, to not be a slave to our appetite all day, every day. So many people say, I'm addicted to food and I just can't stop eating. And it's like, well, what are the parameters of food that change and give your body what it needs so your appetite your lizard brain your amygdala settles down and the primary one was protein just getting enough amino acids but then you think well amino acids are just part of the micronutrient matrix and the data as we dug deeper and de deeper you see that it's not just amino acids or protein it's all the other micronutrients it's nutrient density we've got really strong statistical cravings for Know, potassium calcium sodium a number of the vitamins um you know a, a higher fiber to carb ratio and then we can use this with you know i'm a nerd so i'm in there doing linear regression analysis and predicting how much calories people might eat if they 
eat with you know more potassium and more sodium and more calcium and, and more protein in the diet and you can then using that say what's the most satiating diet but you don't necessarily want to go to that extreme because you know you don't want to lose weight at three percent per week because it's hard and you know it's going to be hard regardless so it's like okay how do we dial it back to a sustainable maintainable level that you'll get to where you want to which is what you always preach you can't do it overnight yeah and and the, the reason i think you know to simplify it <clears throat> when you're when you're deficient in certain nutrients your brain is aware of it and is telling you yeah. go and eat some stuff yeah. because we need this Totally. Or we need the potassium or the, whatever it is. Yep. The trouble is that was fine from an evolutionary perspective mm. when all we had were whole whole seasonal foods. Totally. Like energy there, was hard to come by. Yeah. Now we have 24-7 delivery to your doorstep, junk. <clears throat> and when your when your brain signal is well, you need to eat something to give me these nutrients so I can function properly. That signal is seen as, oh, I'm hungry. What have I got in the fridge? Or I've got some ice cream? Or I've got this. I'm always hungry. I can't believe why I'm always hungry. And people are eating nutrient empty foods. Yeah. And the brain's still going like, well, I still haven't got my zinc. I still haven't got the potassium. What are you doing? Yeah. Eat something that gives you, have, you have to chew through a lot of pizza and donuts and ice cream to yeah. get the protein and potassium and zinc and selenium that your body is craving and it wants it just needs that to survive and your subconscious is amazing and as much as we try to think we can control it with our conscious brain you know the the survival instincts kick in and we just keep eating until we get what we need so why not reformulate optimize your diet to give your body what it needs without excess calories it mm. just sort of all makes sense when you look at it that way it does yeah, to me and, anyway and and when you start eating you know Nutrient-dense foods, which is vegetables and fruits and some proteins mm. and all the things that your body needs, mm. and especially if they're they're whole foods, right? They're not particularly necessarily mm. cooked or like you know carrots don't need to be. Cooked. In fact, you shouldn't cook carrots, but yeah. carrots and tomatoes or onions and stuff, all the things that you can eat raw, which are fine to eat raw. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say fill up with broccoli and cabbage raw because that's quite unpleasant. But the stuff that's okay in salads and things. Yeah. The thing is, once you eat that kind of food, you, you can eat a lot more volume yeah. than you would normally think is a portion size. And and you get a huge amount of nutrient value out of it. And therefore, mm. it automatically reduces your calorie intake because you can't really yeah. get through a massive bowl of salad veg, you know, if it's, if it's the right stuff, because it, it's enough now. I'll be eating that much volume. I don't want any more. And that kind of gives you a an automated calorie restriction or, 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 or calorie intake yeah. so long as you don't then mix it with fat and carbs you don't follow ice cream donuts <laughs> because that would just send yeah, you and off we definitely that. find that in we've got a micros master class where people who are really motivated dial in quantitatively their micronutrients and i say it's just so much food it's a massive amount of food i can't believe how big it is but it's so few calories but i'm not just full um satiated like uh, like um, i'm i'm satiated for the long term it's not just i'm so full i can't eat anymore until i digest the lettuce and i'm going to be fanging for the pizza and donuts in a couple of hours it's yeah. like i'm let's say i'm i'm satisfied at a cellular level even because your your body's got 
the nutrients it needs to produce the energy from the food you're giving it. So it also mm-hmm. comes together beautifully. Not everybody wants to quantify all their micronutrients, and that's why they've developed a whole bunch of simple food lists and recipe books and just for people to start wherever they want to start with whatever type of diet they want to start, whether they want a plant-based diet or a meat-based diet or a maximum nutrient density diet, we've tried to cater for all those different goals and different uh, contexts. You've got, I don't even know how many now, probably 30 or 40 different PDF books. 32 recipe books. Every kind of different, you know, even if it's cancer or it's vegan or it's, bodybuilding yeah. or it's <clears throat> excuse me it's, athlete, well, whatever, it whatever your goal is you need nutrients so let's yeah. show you what that looks like for all the people saying yeah. plant-based yeah. is the best you know this is what a nutrient-dense plant-based diet actually looks like it's not just avoiding animals it's you have to get your nutrients and it's definitely harder to get it on a plant-based diet vegetarian you can do a little bit easier and yeah but if you don't box yourself into this you know belief-based dietary system you can just say well what foods do i need to get the nutrients i need and um it's that easy yeah i I think a lot of um the the important stuff with your your kind of approach is once you've got all the nutrients you need one your cravings are certainly reduced Mm. massively from a physical perspective mentally you Mm. might still be having other issues as to why you want the donut or the ice cream but the other thing that I learned um, a few years ago with you guys was you can have much and much longer between meals. Mm. And actually it's probably a good idea to, to mm. not have six meals a day necessarily, but mm. have a nutrient dense meal and then allow it to digest, allow your blood glucose to come back to a normal place, yeah. allow your cells to start burning fat for fuel instead of mm. glucose for fuel, because you've just eaten again after two hours and all the rest of it. <clears throat> and and that longer gap in between not only frees up your day because you're not having yep. to stay in and make food and stuff but it, it really produces a lot more energy it's a lot more healthy in the fact that mm. you detoxify better it's better for your cells it's better for brain function that kind of stuff and so i think we you know maybe 100 150 years ago three meals a day was the norm because mm. it was hard enough getting food and there was a lot of gap between meals because people were working very manual jobs and they mm. needed those sort of calories but as time went on i mean that the 80s and 90s more where they start saying you have to eat every two hours to keep your metabolism going was a great marketing tool for anyone great selling marketing ploy. A, a product that needs to be eaten at that time yeah. Um, but it was completely not nonsense and um, caused a lot of obesity throughout most of the yeah. Western world, I think. Unless you're a bul- bulking bodybuilder, you don't need to be eating that regularly. And like you say, you want to eat until you're full and then not have to think of food for a whole bunch of hours until you actually need to refuel and you can go again and get another good, good meal in that actually satisfies you. So a lot of people, uh, you know, we, we saw a lot of people doing extended fasting and omad and but it works until it doesn't and then people's appetite is just so dysregulated and you get so many people coming in with these stories of i tried omad i tried extended fasting and i just couldn't stop eating and it was months until i could Mm. get control of my appetite again i just you know i was possessed by my appetite it's like okay let's just we 
as you know, we use data-driven fasting, which is using your blood sugars just to work out when you actually need to eat, when you need to refuel. And um, even you can determine, hey, what do you need to eat? Do you need carbs right now because your blood sugar is low? Or maybe if you're really hungry and your blood sugar is a bit high, maybe you don't need the carbs. You can just focus on the protein, which ends up being a protein sparing modified fast approach. So it's just precision nutrition based on your blood sugars. Yeah. But that's an interesting uh, concept. What though. and when to eat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, 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 but no, but the concept of the data-driven fasting was really revolutionary at the time because it was like saying, okay, most people have lost the understanding of what it's like to be hungry mm. in mm. in the world in which we are. Right? If you've got internet, you've probably lost the understanding. If you're in the yeah. middle of a famine place, you know exactly what hungry is, right? But mm. right now, for the for for kind of the modern world, majority of people, hunger is not even a thing they experience. Yeah. and because it's just eaten too often and so that data-driven fasting really brought home to a lot of people just what you think you need at the time might not mm. be what your body's really needing yeah. and so when you saw the blood glucose drop to a rock to the right level mm. then you go okay now I'm, my body does need food and, I'll, and mm. I'll eat and that takes a few weeks to kind of tweak and get right and understand what that what that feels like but once you do, it becomes a very, very easy thing to follow. And, and yeah. you know, we've spoken about the three by five diet, three meals a day, five hours apart, kind of works as a, a general kind of guideline. But mm. knowing exactly how your body works with things is massively mm. interesting because very often it's not the same every day. Right? Mm. So much reliant, reliant on your sleep and your stress and your exercise yeah. and yeah. You know, a million other things that go on. Yeah. That just because yesterday at 9 a.m. your blood glucose was at the right point, well, today it was like 1 p.m. What, what what's what's going on there? But it's a good understanding of how your body works. Yeah. And then obviously what to eat at those times. And I think, I mean, do you still do those courses online? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going off. And yeah, uh, yeah as it, like we, we've been trying to teach people to dial on the nutrient density and aim for satiety and then we started data driven fasting a couple of years ago and it just blew up because everybody wanted to uh, you know learn not to eat but it, it actually teaches them like you've told me it's not data driven fasting it's really data driven eating to dial in what and when you need to eat um yeah. based on your, your your fuel gauge you know if, if you drove a a big pickup truck to work and your little friend who drove the little mini moke said you should only eat. Uh, you should, uh, I only re refuel my car every third Thursday morning, and that worked perfectly for me. You'd tell them that was stupid because that wouldn't work for you. You know they can't recommend that refueling routine. And the same thing, everybody's trying to pick up the latest perfect eating routine. Is it sixteen eight? Is it twenty four? Or yeah. is it OMAD? Or you know every other day? Or I'm going to fast for a week, and that'll magically make me lean but it just makes you hungry and you're face down in the donuts so that you know extended fasting just leads to dysregulated eating so we said let's fix this and teach mm. people what i've learned from type 1 diabetes my wife and in december my son i don't know if you know my son got oh, really? diagnosed with type 1 as well so um yeah I'm, I'm deep in the trenches that was like a destiny i quit my job and then my mm. son got type 1 and uh yeah which is fascinating to <laughs> 
to watch him getting into powerlifting and trying to control his blood sugars and I'm just more and more passionate to learn about it and uh yeah help help more people with that insight well he's in the right place anyway if, if he's in your house he's definitely going to be getting the best people keep saying that yeah no he's, he's, he's thriving like he's yeah loving powerlifting and going for a he wants to go for a world record deadlift later in the year so we'll see how that goes good luck to him he's a free 16 year old age group yeah exactly i mean i mean i've seen some of his stuff online he's a pretty strong lad isn't he for his yeah. for his age he's doing pretty well give me a he, run for my money yeah um but what you said about fasting is interesting because it became a very kind of fad you know the new mm. the new thing everyone needs to do it if you're not fasting then blah 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 um you know, you're not doing it right and you need to understand and you have to fast for five days at a time and it will mm. increase your longevity and all this kind mm. of jazz. But it was always about the front end. You need to fast mm. because it will give you this. But there was never a discussion about what's going to happen the other side of it when you keep yep. doing this stuff. Yep. Because we are intrinsically programmed to survive as, mm. and, and food is very, very necessary for us. And yeah. I think, and again, controversially, I think fasting is all right at times, but actually yeah. don't believe the hype because yeah. if you fast long enough, you will die. So therefore there's got to be an issue with, 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 you know, the dose dependent yeah. ways that it goes on. Right. So m when people start talking about, oh, it's going to give you longevity and autophagy yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. That's only happening because your regular daily kind of approach to this stuff, it's so skewed because mm. if you're eating well and you're leaving enough gap in between meals, you get all those benefits anyway, mm. but you have more energy, you have more stable hormones and you don't end up with your head in a bucket of donuts yeah. because you don't need to. Right. So, yeah. And, and I have got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about it because there are a lot of really prevalent mm. people online that will go, no, you have to fast and it's the most important thing. Here's all the data, here's all the research. Yeah. But not one of them says, okay, we revisited six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks later, and this these people were really struggling with their cravings and had to go, you know, almost had to restrict their calories forever because they yeah. couldn't cope with, with normal life again. And they and don't get enough protein when they eat, so they lose lean muscle mass. And when yep. you lean, lose that muscle, your body says, I really need to get that back. I don't care what I have to eat. I don't care how much I have to eat. I need to get that muscle back or I'm going to die. So that's like a, a survival response. So at that point, you definitely face down in the comfort foods, whatever your favorite comfort meat is, peanut butter. You know, I don't get a lot of access to pizza or donuts, but I'm sure it would be. And But on the research, it's like... Where's the research in autophagy in humans? It it doesn't exist. The research in autophagy is in Voltolongo's mice, but they fasted for 48 hours. Now, 48 hours, like 24 hours for a mouse is 40 human days. So to get the results that those mice got in 48 hours, you have to go two days times 40 gives you – I have to fast for 80 days it's to get three months. autophagy. Is that yeah. right? Okay, so – how many people are doing that and surviving? You know, sure, if you fast for five days, you 
metabolic health is going to be amazing just before you eat. But as soon as you go face down in the donuts and go into your binge response, all those beneficial things are going to go out the window and you're probably going to be have worse metabolic health, lower BMR, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. let's just find a way of eating that, like eat like an adult using yeah. a fuel cage, which can be your blood sugar meter. And, and, to and, and get long-term results. Yeah, and, and it's more sustainable, it's more manageable. Totally. You're not driving yourself crazy because you end up focusing on everything that you're eating and worrying about food 24-7 and what's my next meal and, you know, is this the right yeah. thing for me? And, you know, it, it's insane. But also, I mean, I know a lot of people that have fasted reasonably long times and the whole promise of, you know, clarity, energy, euphoria never turned up. They were just like, I just want to eat, right? And... <laughs> But when those things do happen, when people get this uptick in energy and, and clarity, they're not realizing something. And that is your body's giving you that to yeah. go find some food. It's not yeah. giving keep, you that keep... to write your next book or to be amazing at work or whatever it is. It's doing it because it's saying, we're going to give you all the resources you possibly can so you can go and find this stuff. It's a massive stress response. It's yeah. not a healthy response, right? It's a massive stress response. And, and it will shut down. down. It will shut down other things or, or reduce their capacity while you go and do that stuff. Mm. And so, I just personally think you know, eating the right foods, not too often, not too much. Mm. Um, it kind of is all you need to do. You just need to know what to yeah. eat and what works for you personally. So, yeah, um, totally. we'll, def- we'll definitely put some links in um, for your data-driven fasting stuff, the books, yeah. and everything else. People can. Like, you know, check it all out and, and find out what's going on. Um, yeah. Then we've got this this question around exercise, right? So people yeah. are kind of thinking, oh, yeah, but I'll fuel my exercise. Really? Okay. So how hard are you really training? And what is the type of training you're doing? And if you're trying to be, you know, under 16s or under 17s uh, world deadlift champion, then, yes, that's quite an – you know, that's, that's quite an unusual uh, goal and needs mm. specifics for it. And that's mm. not living a normal, healthy life. Mm. Like there's, there's two very different aspects. And yet people are kind of training in a way that is 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 developed for this crazy kind of running mm. and jumping and throwing and whatever it is, or being huge or being ripped and low body fat percentage. But actually, it's not really doing them those favors because they're then following a sports nutrition dietary approach, Mm. which is more about fueling the workout right, and the recovery. The trouble is they're taking the fuel, they're taking the recovery, but the training is nowhere near as hard and intense as it needs to be. Mm. So they end up going, well, I'm not getting ripped. I'm not losing the belly fat. Oh, this last 10 pounds, I can never get rid of it. Well, yeah, because you're, you're... under eating calories, overtraining, burning muscle mass, like you said, and then you've got mm. these mad cravings for everything. And you go, well, I better have a, a protein bar because that's the nearest I'm going to get to uh, a, a chocolate or, or some sort of candy bar, whatever it is. And, and the whole thing just isn't, you know, you do it for 10 years and you go, oh, I didn't really get what I wanted out of it. So with the stuff that you've been doing, mm. is there... A, a, a an issue with people when they start training or they're doing certain training routines does it throw their 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 diet out or is there a way in which they can just 
almost separate doesn't matter what training you're doing just get your food right for yourself and then the training is just an add-on for your benefits yeah i mean you can definitely i'm not going to say exercise is not important but i think you should get the food right and then add the exercise you know some people come in and say hey i started your program and i started doing crossfits and i'm working out really heavy and it's like whoa whoa, whoa. okay everything's disrupted at this point let's use your blood sugar to guide when you eat or let's dial in your macros and get that consistent um you can't achieve everything overnight and then you can add in the exercise and often the zone two lower intensity is magic and in terms of not dysregulating your appetite because when you do the really intense exercise you but you, you tapping into glucose which you know goes up and then comes crashing down and when you come crashing down you feel hungry and you, it's really hard to control your appetite at that point so just starting small and using progressive overload to get enough gentle exercise most of the time and then adding in some intensity is a great thing if you want to but um yeah definitely agree uh, less is often more and if you can get up and do it the next day again because you're not so sore yeah, like yeah. i am from uh you know my pt training with mikey on monday night I had doms for like three days after doing deep squats and like oh, i can't can't do it again maybe i'm too old for this but uh, you tell yeah, me that I'll, how old are you now what are you 40 or something uh, 46 yeah it's not old mate yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago yeah but I'll, so I'll never catch you yeah but the um it is it's a real issue with people they think you know the whole diet and exercise thing has to be done all at the same time at the mm. at the most um intense in other words i really have to yeah. grind yeah. you know if you see any kind of uh instagram facebook feed that's like you've got to get up at 4 a.m go and do this and then get back in the gym afterwards and uh, or they've got like oh, i missed my workout today i don't know what i'm going to do i can't eat my meal because i haven't burned the calories it's like hang on Right, massive misconception how many calories you think you're burning in a yeah. training session. I don't care what your tracker says. It's not that much. You ain't doing a thousand calories in an yeah. hour, trust me. And, yeah. and 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 people are missing the concept that our base metabolic rate burns the majority of our calories anyway. So so long as we're fueling that in a decent way, you know, that the exercises are good to have for fitness and for strength and mm. longevity stuff, but stop thinking you've got to fuel your workouts and backload and all this kind of stuff because you know actually the reality is is far from it yeah and definitely we find you know get half to one percent per week weight loss it's it's really nicely sustainable don't go for the rapid crash diet because we can show you how to get up to 60 percent protein and drop weight overnight with a protein spray modified fast diet but they'll give you the quickest weight loss but in two years time we back with everybody else and feeling miserable because you didn't learn to eat on the way down like an adult you didn't relearn to eat and that's what that's my boring engineer approach is like okay what's your baseline now let's tweak your macros and micros a little bit going forward and keep on tweaking it don't change it more than you need to to get sustainable results and you know that that always works magic and you don't get the one or two weeks later you've started everything all at once you've you know you've fallen off the wagon again you feel guilty you feel like a failure and you're face down to the donuts again and you can't get off the couch and, and I'll that, start again uh, Monday. Yeah, that 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 sucks i i hate 
seeing people do that. So just scream at them and say, just do enough to get the results that you need and want because that's sustainable. And in six, 12 months' time, we've got all these people posting their one-year results from data-driven fasting with these menopausal ladies with massive results and mm. massive changes because it's just a, a small, incremental, sustainable change that they can do for a year, they can do for 18 months, and it, it works. Yeah. And they, they've learned to eat responsibly and consistently based on the fuel gauge and then they can maintain it really easily afterwards you know the 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 concept of you know drop a dress size in a week or here's an eight-week diet to being beach body ready and all the rest of it is so it's so prevalent everywhere and people want that because it's the quick fix but if you lose a pound a week for a year you've lost 52 pounds most people don't need to lose 52 pounds. If mm. they lost half of that, they'd mm. probably be really, really well in a metabolic sense. And so mm. it's, you're now talking about half a pound a week, mm. which is which is almost inconsequential. And it takes a lot less to try and lose that than it does to try and lose two pound a week and then rebound off the other side of it. So like you say, if, yeah. you're, if you're doing it slow and steady, not only will you get to a better place, but it will be sustainable. And people have yeah. to just change this perception of it's not a quick fix. This is a long-term thing. Yeah. You know, if you're 40 and you're going to live to 80, you've got 40 years yeah. doing doing one year at the beginning of that just to get yourself in a good place is not a long time. And yeah. it's all about habits and learning your hunger. Yeah. And once you've got a you know new habits and you understand your true hunger, you can then throw the training wheels off and get on with living in the real world, enjoying it and forget about dieting because you're eating like an adult again. But um, yeah, if you just continually do the binge restrict diets, you're going to never get off the cycle. And that's, that's a really awful place to be. And the majority of people are either hugely overweight and really, really sick and, and, and poorly, mm. or they're on the, the yo-yo diet bandwagon. Mm. I think the average if I'm right, the average person goes on about four diets a year or something. That's one every three months, right? So they go on, do it for a few weeks, lose a bit maybe, then put it all back on again, then start again, yeah. lose it, start again. And some people are even more than that. They like doing a different one every week because they didn't get the result the first week. So they think, oh, I've got to change this. Yeah. And and that's where it all falls apart, which is why you, your guys and the programs that you do are yeah. so much more usable and productive because people get to the end of them and go well here you go here's the 12 months it's not before and after eight weeks this is before and after 12 months look at the difference but we start with hey what are you eating now yeah what are you starting with and let's tweak that you know we don't want to take everything you're doing because if we say everything you're doing now is wrong we're going to give you a meal plan that's amazing for four weeks you might grind through it for four weeks but you'll hate it at the end of the four weeks but if we say let's dial back your fat and carbs a little bit until you're losing weight at a really nice rate prioritize your protein for maximum benefit dial in the nutrient density at a sustainable rate you know they've just taken what they originally ate and made some slight modifications each week and six months time they're uh the way they want to be rather than going through four diets in that time and feeling a failure and probably being fatter and having less lean muscle mass because of all the donut binges. 
what's what's your views on uh, calories in calories out um i think i'm an engineer so thermodynamics you know, energy balance is a thing but tracking calories as your only metric is pretty useless unless you change what you eat like we do a macros masterclass which guides people to say what are your current macros and our analysis like i said before shows that the percentage of protein in your diet is the biggest factor in satiety but it's not necessarily about getting more protein it's about dialing back your fat and carbs and prioritizing protein because all the junk food is just fat carb combo low low protein it's a bunch of crap you know, seed oils plus flour plus sugar plus artificial flavorings and colorings it's the antithesis of a higher protein diet so we just want to move you from one end of the spectrum slowly towards the other to get a great result but yeah calories in calories out is a scientific reality but it's practically useless in terms of yeah. helping people make progress there's an interesting example at an island you go to for your holidays often where the the, the natives there started getting exposed to um, yeah. western food tell us about that because that was an interesting yeah it's just just crazy like we've been to vanuatu a few times and um like five years apart and these beautiful people grow this amazing food and take it to the markets and get the they, they fall in love with Oreo cookies imported from China. And it's just, but Oreo cookies are this amazing signature for hyper palatable processed food of, like I said, the industrial seed oils. We'll bang on about good monounsaturated fat, but the reality is it's just a bait and switch. But it will tell you the saturated fat is bad and tell you monounsaturated fat is good. And here's all the seed oils that are dirt cheap we're going to jump pump into every food in the center aisles of the supermarket mix it with flour sugar artificial flavors colorings and fortification and um that's our food system today and these <coughs> these amazing people who are built for survival as soon as they get that food they just blow up and they've got diabetes and it's just awfully tragic and the rest of us are slightly less vulnerable, but we're all going through the same thing. You could see it generationally on that yeah. island. You can see the elders and then the the, the younger people that are completely different yeah. in their kind of the, the body shape and yeah. just everything about them. Um, yeah. And no doubt the next generation is going to be suffering as well because that then is going to lead on. But it, but you know it's a good example of how. In, in a very short time, we saw this complete destruction of, of an indigenous dietary mm. protocol that was working for hundreds of thousands of years mm. and, and got destroyed in, in like a decade. Mm. That's happened everywhere in the Western world mm. over the last mm. 200 years, right? But mm. we saw it very, very quickly. Like you said, over mm. five years, it was very mm. obvious. And, um, and people just need to be aware that all the stuff that's being advertised to you, the, the glossy things that you see on TV the the you know eat this and you'll be happy look all these happy skinny people with their six-pack that are eating the oreos or the hagen dazs whatever it is that is not a true thing right it's like anything like that alcohol or whatever it is it's like oh yeah look we have beers oh drink responsibly well you know once you have a drink the alcohol doesn't make you very responsible and therefore it's quite a difficult thing and so <clears throat> it, it, it's really important for people to understand what they're seeing 
this yeah. you know the image they're being given of happiness is associated with junk food or or you know alcohol whatever mm-hmm. it is it's very contrived from a marketing perspective mm. to, to get you to behave in a certain way because a lot yeah. of our decisions aren't our own right there we're being influenced by all of this powerful marketing yeah. to do things for profit for other people mm. i want to come back to the protein side of things yeah protein as like the the kind of initial macronutrients so like get your protein mm. right Everyone says, you know, protein, keep you fuller for longer, all that mm. kind of stuff. Does it matter the type of protein? Because some people will turn around and go, well, I'll, I'll have four protein shakes a day and I'll get my 200 grams. You know, does it matter? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two sides of that. I thought you're going towards the, you know, can I just eat lettuce for my protein and... I suppose you need bioavailable protein and a lot of the time the plant-based proteins aren't as bioavailable. You don't get as many amino acids converting into your blood, assimilating to be able to make muscle. But at the same time, if you're a, I suppose from a protein powder point of view, if you're a bodybuilder trying to grow and get those six meals a day because you're working out two hours a day, lifting really heavy and your muscles need to recover, and you just need to get more protein in, then the powders are a great option. But if you're trying to maximize satiety, it's a pre-digested food effectively. So it just assimilates into your body really, really quickly. So you don't get that break, that, um, you know, that satiety that says, you know, I'm full now, I've had enough. It's just this powder that goes straight into your system and digests really, really quickly. So from a, the satiety studies on pure protein powder i mean some of them are pretty amazing but um they 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 tend to be over you can overeat them and they may not provide as much satiety as the whole food unprocessed Mm. real food and everybody wants the bar and the shake and there's no cooking yeah well yeah i mean it's convenient right and but you're perpetuating the whole sweet sugar kind Mm. of uh, experience but you're kind of trying to biohack it, but your body's like, this is sweet. I'm going to react to it like it is carbohydrate. So you are going to get insulin. You are going to get um, blood glucose movements. And and that's why I ask. And I understand what you're saying about, you know, some plant-based proteins do come with other things like carbohydrate or fiber and things. And you may end up having to eat a lot of carbohydrate just to get your proteins Mm. in. Mm. And if people want to do that, then that's fine. But going right the way back to the beginning of this conversation where it was, you know, you've got carnivore and you've got vegan, two completely opposite things, and people use it to to feel better. The reason that people feel better temporarily, like you say, it works until it stops mm-hmm. working, is because the underlying problem hasn't been addressed. It just takes out, mm-hmm. like especially carnivore, it takes out anything that's going to cause irritation, unless yeah. you are, unless you've got some uh, meat allergies, right? But yeah. but generally, it takes out all the things that could potentially cause you gut issues. Yeah. And therefore you feel a lot better. Yeah. But really we need to fix that gut because we should be eating the vegetables and the fiber and the yeah. you know the, the fruits and the and whatever else it is because they all have huge amounts of nutrient value that we are missing if we are very much restricting our our intake. Mm. And so what I think a lot of the nutrient density stuff does is it gives us everything that we need. And so long as you do some work on improving your underlying health and understanding what's going on, it ends up being this great thing that you can have huge amounts of variety in 
Right? It's not just like, oh, I can only eat chicken, rice, and broccoli, otherwise it's not going to work. <clears throat> Huge amounts of variety where you get to enjoy your food again. You get to not worry about it anymore. Everybody's worrying about, oh, is that the right meal? Or should I be eating that? You don't need to. You just go, that yeah. looks like a hugely colourful plate of food that I'm going to really enjoy. Let me just eat this, and then I can get on with actually enjoying life again. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing people really struggle with is, is understanding that like, I can just let it go now. I don't need to worry about it. And that's what your your courses really make people, once they do a little bit of, you know, digging and investigation to stuff, it then puts them in that place of, all right, I'm good now. Yeah, we want to give you the tools to redesign your diet and, and build your own diet that you love eating and want to do it for a very long time. I suppose going back to the carnivore thing, the amazing thing about carnivore, it gives you a ton of bioavailable protein, which is great. And I think that's where a lot of the magic is there. And it also eliminates the Oreo cookie, low protein, carb, fat, amazing hyperpalatable combo. But the whole food plant-based effectively does the same thing as well because they're eliminating oils and they're just trying to eat the, you know, quinoa and spinach. And uh, most of them end up gravitating back to add the oils because they just need some damn energy because they're hungry on the... Mm three heads of lettuce that Joel Thurman advocates. But, you know, if you can just eat the super high carb potato hack style diet, if you could just stick to potatoes only, you you wouldn't gain weight. You'd, you'd lose weight because you get so bored of potatoes and because it's not the fat and carb combo that you can't just can't get enough calories. So um, Yeah, and, and yeah, it's just so, boring, right? It's, but what if there was some way in which you could eat loads of different foods that yeah. tastes amazing and fuels your body in the most optimal way and 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 gave you a longer better life who knew because they've got they taste great because they've got the nutrients in them <laughs> and you can have a wide variety of foods and don't have to have a belief based named dietary system with a club and a little approved safe list of foods you yeah. can just you know and be in in the facebook group tastes that, good. in the facebook group that believes if you eat anything outside of our our approach then you're obviously crazy and you don't you're understand the, the things that we understand and it's just like it's, it's not it's not a, not a healthy way forward yeah. but listen mate um it's always interesting to hear about these things because people just need to be aware you know think about how you're approaching your diet think about what you're really looking for from it mm -hmm. i think the bo bottom line for most people is i just want to know this is right and i'm going to stop worrying about it mm -hmm. and that's exactly what your uh you know your, your whole uh process is about it's like let's mm -hmm. get you to this place and then very gradually get you to the right metabolic health drop that weight make mm -hmm. it sustainable mm -hmm. and then you don't have to worry about it anymore so uh, we'll put links in and get people over to you and, and start chatting and you know if they want to reach out and and contact you what's a good place for them to find you on social or websites yeah um optimizing nutrition is the blog um a bunch of stuff on facebook and insta under optimizing nutrition i'm on twitter um we've got our own little private community we got off social media largely and it's really thriving and great if you get into that you can get all our food lists and a bunch of free recipes and check it out and just try it and see if it works and then we've got the macros masterclass the micros masterclass and as we talked about data-driven fasting which paul reckons should be data-driven eating which will change the name eventually because it's really about eating like an adult and uh using your blood sugar as a fuel gauge so yeah thanks so much for the opportunity man good to That's chat right. again it's always good to catch up
Um, yeah. Good luck with the uh, the deadlifting for the sun. I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, um, it's great. And, and I'm looking. Yeah, I look forward to us next chatting again because it's always interesting, and if nothing else, it gives us a chance to to catch up and catch and talk up, about, talk about family and stuff. <laughs> good therapy right. session. That's it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, listen. Till next time. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll speak soon. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. See you. Take care, mate.